happy, so we won't have any video this morning, but um, I wanted to start, um, so we're just going to dive in, um, and I'll dive into the sermon. There's a song I want us to reflect on at the end of the sermon, so it might be kind of a short Sunday at church, but it's good to be together. Um, just so you guys know, we, um, we lost a giant this week uh, at CLC. We, there was a man named Jake Dugweiler, who many of us know as Jake the Drummer, and he was 32, 33 years old, and he had a heart attack on Friday and passed away. Um, he, most of the systems that you see built, here he built, um, but as far as like tech and audio and that kind of stuff, and of course he was a drummer. Uh, he was the best drummer we've ever had, and um, he, his story was um, very quintessentially our church in that he was there on opening day of our church, um, and when he joined us, when I met him, he was an atheist. Um, but he got roped in somehow to, to drum with a church band and, and stuck around. And for the next couple of years after uh, he joined us, um, he actually came back to Christ and, and came back to faith. Um, and we baptized him right here, uh, probably in 2017. And um, I don't know about you guys, but there, I've had a few people in my life that um, it seems like the Lord has them burn bright, but burn fast for, for him. And uh, Jake, it turns out that was Jake's story, is um, he, for the last four or five years, he burned so bright for the Lord, he actually... Moved up, moved here, moved out of Colorado two or three years ago to go to the Northwest to Washington, Portland area because he has a heart for that area for homeless people, um, and he wanted to start a church or work with a group of people to start a church up there, and um, and that's uh, he never got to do that, and so we're our, our hearts are just kind of somber and heavy this morning. Um, and I'm, in a second here, I'd like to, to pray for his family. Um, and obviously, he was very young, and his family has had a lot of loss in the last couple of years. Um, I'm, fly, I'm actually flying out this afternoon to be with them in Seattle. And uh, so, yeah, for those of us who knew Jake the drummer, um, he's just the type of guy that, like, your life's not the same after you know him. Um, and he's really, truly a one-of-a-kind type of guy. And um, the world's a loss without him. But the cool part is, is we, I've just had this mix of emotion. And I'm sorry about going on. Some of you guys don't even know this person. But I've had such a mix of emotion because I'm so sad. But I'm sad for myself <laughs> because there's so many things that I wanted to do with him and, and for him in the future. And, um, and I won't get a chance to do that. But the reality is, is we've baptized atheists at this church that are obviously no longer atheists. They're the people, like, we've, we've seen some big change, big life change. And um, Jake the Drummer is, like, this testimony to, of that to us, for us. Um, and it's just, a, um, I can't, he, he spent years on the street, and I can't look at a homeless person the same. Because I, 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 I was like, I could have driven past Jake the Drummer, who was, like, the best uh, like partner in ministry that I've ever had, um, and it's just such a cool testimony to what God can do in, in a life and what he can do in our lives. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I have this mix of emotion where I'm extremely sad, but I'm also just rejoicing because I know he's in the presence of Jesus. 
today, and um, there's no doubt in my mind that he's 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 loving life as it is right now. So, um, let me say a prayer, and then we'll we'll dive in. God, we come to you. We come to you in times of pain, in times of joy, in times of sorrow, in times of of grief. All of them, Lord. We we just we come to you. And right now we come to you on behalf of, of Jake's family, um, Bill and Elisa, Jerry and Rooney. Um, I know they're hurting right now. I pray that you'd uh, give me the presence, your presence, to comfort them today as I'm with them tonight and tomorrow. Um, they need you right now. And we thank you for, for Jake's life. We thank you for um, what, what it means to, to us that knew him. Um, and we thank you for what it means to us as we reflect on light, that, that you change lives. You, uh, you reach down and you, you, you transform us, Lord. And we stand on that this morning, even in our time of grief. pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. But yeah, thanks. For those of you who don't know him, thanks for letting me have a moment. Um, that is, yeah, it's important to me. Um, I've learned a, a lot about myself in the last couple of years. Um, you know that the whole fight, flight, or freeze thing? Go ahead and put that up there. You know, like in, in the face of, of, of something intimidating or challenging, you can either fight, you can flight, or, you know, fly, or leave, flee, or freeze. Um, I'm a freezer, turns out, like totally a freezer. When I, when I get face-to-face uh, -face with something that's intimidating to me, I just kind of, I've had a couple of things happen in, in the last few years. I had this really weird interaction with my a neighbor, like this guy that was drunk and attacking this guy, and I was just like, I didn't run away, but I, I didn't like go, you know, just smack him. Like I didn't just jump in there. Like I just, I just froze. And then I've noticed about myself when I'm like, intimidated with something here with church or, you know, like a decision I got to make as a leader. Sometimes I'm just like, I'm pretty indecisive. Like I just, I just freeze. And there's this one time I was with Young Life. Um, where's Young Life going to camp this summer? High school's going to Castaway. I went to a camp in, in Arizona called Lost Canyon. And um, I, we were on our way down there and we had like a half day before the camp started. And we found this really cool like slick rock river that you could it was like basically like god made a theme park in in this canyon in arizona like you could just slide down these rocks and not really get hurt but there's also this bridge and this cliff and like you could you could uh cliff dive and and jump off into the water into this river and it was deep and all of a sudden kids were just kind of doing this it was like it was a really cool moment and it's like i'll do that i've never really cliff dived before cliff dove before cliff dive cliff dove, whatever it is and I was like, I'll do that. And, and so I, I found this, like, uh, you know, there was like a 40-footer. And I'm like, yeah, we won't do the 40-footer. Let's do the 10, 12-footer, right? And um, I was like, I've never done this before, but I, I think I can do this. And I got up there, and guys, I, fro I, I like, could not move. And I'm kind of an outdoorsy guy, and, like, the, the, the Young Life kids I'm with know that about me. And they're like, really? <laughs> like, really? You can't jump off this? 10-foot cliff, jo you, Josh, can't do this, and I'm like, I can't, it took me like 20 minutes to build up the gumption to jump off of this, you know, into this, into the water, and in my defense, 
I, like, I feel like I need to defend myself right now. Like, every time I jump into water, it doesn't matter if it's two feet or more, it's like water goes into every orifice of my body. Just like I get water in my ears, water in my nose, you know, so I was just, like, kind of nervous about that. But I'm, I'm a freezer um, when it comes to it facing things that are intimidating to me. I just, I, I kind of just freeze. I don't fight. I don't run away. But I just kind of, like, freeze. And we're in this series called Raw Materials, and I'll explain what that means in a second. But it's really about a series where I am pleading with you, and we're going we're gonna to wrap it up today. I am pleading with you, just, just hoping that you might be generous with God. And, and I'm not talking about money, although money's part of that. I'm talking about just giving the whole goal of the series for us, no matter who we are, where we are, if you're a Christian you're exploring faith, you're not sure what you believe anymore, I want to just implore each of us to give God more to work with, to give God more uh, time, to give God more attention, to give God our money, to give God something like, Lord, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to read, I'm going to, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask for forgiveness from this person. I'm going to confess my sins. I'm going to, whatever. I mean, literally, like we talked about it in the last few weeks, there is so many ways that you can give God something to work with that, like, I can't even, like, uh, I, I don't want to just pigeonhole. Like, it, really, it's endless. Like, the, the amount of things that we can just do and say, God, I want to give this to you. I want to be generous with you. And I'm going to give you this area of my life, like, Lord, I, I, I want to give you this, this, this habit or this, this behavior that I have. And I want to just, I, want to, I, want to, I don't want that to be a part of my life. We can give things to God. We can take things out of our lives and commit to doing that and call our friends and say, hey, I'm taking this out of my life. And that's a way of giving something to God. And I've been week after week, like, what is it for you? And, and here's the thing is, is this is, man, that is a mess. I'm just looking at that. Now, this is not going to make sense to you if you haven't been here in the last couple of weeks, but I'll try. It's the life of faith. It's, there's this cycle. Don't really pay attention to these verbs, these dark, the black words here. Pay attention to these orange ones here. And it starts, the life of faith kind of starts with generosity. It starts with us even coming to the idea of faith and saying, Lord, I believe in you. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. That's a, a, a form of generosity we have. I give you my life, God. I confess my sins to you, God. That's a form of generosity. And any time that we're generous, and this isn't just with God, it's in any relationship. Anytime we give, you go to a fundraising event, and they're like, hey, you know, we're, we've got somebody who's pledging a lot of money. We, you know, would you match that? It's like, geez, you know, if I'm going to be generous, it leaves you feeling vulnerable, right? When you're on the brink of generosity, you always know when you're being generous because you feel vulnerable as you're doing it. And then that, but see, in, in the life of faith, that vulnerable vulnerability gives us the opportunity to faith, to, to, to faith, to, to step out in faith and say, God, I don't know where this is going to lead, but I, I, I trust you. And then that faith allows us to, for God to come in and act in our lives, and then it builds our trust in him. Because he gives him a chance to prove himself trustworthy. And, and students, kids in the room, this is like something you, you'll learn over time. 
right now, like, your faith, it might not be your own. It might be like, you might be thinking about yourself, like, I, I, I've grown up hearing some of these things. I know what my parents believe. But as you go in through life, or if you're new to faith, as you, you're, you go through your faith journey, you'll find times where you're like, I don't know, God. Should I do this? Can I give you this? If I do this, will, will it be okay? Because I feel vulnerable. It feels a little bit scary. And then when we step out in faith, it gives God this to, to step in, a chance to step into our lives and prove himself trustworthy. And then what happens is our trust in him grows. But it all starts. I would beg, I would, I would, I would um, contend that it really starts. All of, all of the, the trust that we get to experience and enjoy in life, a lot of it, if not all of it, started here with us being generous towards God. And so I've just been pleading with you week after week, give him something to work with. What would it look like for you to give him more to work with in life? And so here's the thing. Some of us, as I've been talking week after week, and maybe even now you're like, I, I, I've got some ideas, but I, I don't know. Like some of us, we're frozen. When it comes to like, okay, I, I, I'm, I think I could be generous in this way. And you've been thinking about it for weeks. And you haven't taken a step towards it. And if you're that, you're not alone. I'm actually in the same place. I know I have a really good idea of what it might be, what it might look like for me to be generous towards God right now. And I'm frozen. Because that's my MO. That's what I do. And I don't fight. I don't fight. I, I freeze. And I want to talk to us, I want to, in a sense, today, talk us off the ledge. My, uh, if I, I want us to move past the fears and get us to, to just jump in as we end the series. To, to have you take steps towards that generous act. Take step towards that fear, because here's the, the, the fear is, that's our word today. If, you know, like they Sesame Street has, you know, today's word is apple, you know. Today's word is fear. <laughs> and I want us to take steps toward, my goal for today is to help each and every one of us take steps towards that fear. And the fear, the fear is basically bound up in, in, in this, in these two words. What if? Okay, God, you know, like, like, I, I know that that if if I, I know that I should, you know, that I've got this. If you got a secret sin, like, you you need to you need to confess that. You need to tell somebody about that. And, but there's all sorts of what ifs that come with that, right? What if they reject me? What what if they what if they what if they don't treat me the same afterwards? You know, what if I'm honest and they they turn their back on me? Those are big what ifs. That's that's fear. You know, what if you bring in the whole tithe, like Chrissy talked about uh, a month ago? Like, what if you actually, you know, tithe? We can say, here's the thing with tithing. You can say you tithe, you, and you either do or you don't. Tithe is, literally means one-tenth. It means 10%. So either you bring in 10% or you don't. But if you're, if you're thinking about that, you're like, what if I do this and there's not enough? And we come up short. and I, or, or, or maybe... What if I can't go on vacation this year? Like, those are real things, right? And that's fear. You know? 
students, sometimes I, I went through this in my, my seventh grade year. I had this group of friends that was horrible for me. And I really, I, I felt like God was saying, you need to get a new group of friends. It was right, at, it was this time of year, April, May. And I was like, God, if I ditch these friends now, I might not have, I might be alone all summer long. What if? You know? And that's the reality. Like, if you're going to ditch a, a group of friends that you really shouldn't be with, and your parents are like, you know, like, if you do that, the reality is, is you, you might be lonely. And that's vulnerable. That's scary. That, that's, there's fear there. What is it for you? What are the what-ifs that are freezing you up right now? And what if we could get to the bottom of those? And this is what I want to talk about today, because here's what we're going to find out today. It's really kind of twofold. There is no way to live a fearless life. That's the first kind of thing. In this life, we're going to have fear. We're going, to, it's, we're going to face scary things. But there is a way, the second part is, there is a way to fear less. There's no way to live a fearless life that, that, that's important to kind of wrestle with and reckon with. But there is a way to fear less. And that's what I want to talk about today. Wouldn't it be nice wouldn't that be nice? Like, yeah, like, I, maybe, maybe it'd be great if we just weren't afraid. Actually, I don't know if it would. I think we would get ourselves in trouble. I think God has given us fear. That's a different sermon. But I, I, it, honestly, it'd be, yeah, maybe sometimes it'd be nice to have no fear at all. And like, you know, like the, in the movies where it's like, oh, that guy has no fear. She's no fear. I'd love to live life with that boldness. But wouldn't it be nice to at least fear less? What would that look like? What would that, what would that mean as we face what we fear? I wanted to let Jesus have the final word in this series. Um, Jesus, you know, church, Jesus, the whole thing. Um, he actually has a lot to say about fear. He actually, like, like if, if you look, if you open the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he talks in, about fear a lot. And at first glance, it doesn't seem like he's all that helpful. Like, if you, if you were to be like, hey, Jesus, you know, we're talking about fears today in church. And he, if you had the microphone, he'd be like, what do you have to say about fear? He'd, he'd say this. Fear not. Okay, Jesus, but like, like that, that's just kind of, you know, can you give us a little more? Oh, you, that's two words. Here's three. Be not afraid. <laughs> like, literally, that, like you could sum up his thesis on fear with, that's it. Like, oh, you guys are afraid? Don't do that. Just don't, don't fear. And I, I, there was a, a teacher, the, a, a, course, a choir teacher I had in high school. And <laughs> if you said, hey, Mr. Miller, what's the meaning of life? He'd be like, sex. That's all he'd say. And it was great, and when we were in high school, it was great because he would, do, he would say that anytime. We'd be on the bus going to an event, and he'd be like talking with the bus driver and be like, hey, Mr. Miller, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> and he'd reply, <laughs> sex. <laughs> and we just had such a laugh at it. He always had an answer, but the answer actually wasn't all that helpful. <laughs> you know? 
And at first glance, you might think, okay, Jesus has an answer, but is it really all that helpful? Like, hey, Jesus, when it comes to our fears, what do you have to say? Don't fear. Okay? Can, can you elaborate a little bit more? And there was one day where he did elaborate a little bit more. He said this. He said this in, in Matthew 10, 28. He's talking to his disciples. He's like, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And they're like, yeah, why would we do that, you know? <laughs> don't, again, this is such a ridiculous statement. Don't be afraid of those who can kill the body, you know, as if there's, there's anything more than that, you know? And he goes on, he said, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one, and he's talking about God here, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And here's what I want us to pick up from this today. This is really important because when Jesus, you know, Jesus on one side, he's saying all, all the time, he's like, don't fear, don't fear, be not afraid, you don't need to fear. And he's, he's, saying, he's not saying that because there is nothing to fear. Here's what we want Jesus to say. Jesus, I want you to tell me not to be afraid because, there, because you're with me, so what, and since you're with me, there's nothing to be afraid of. Right? Isn't that what we want? Like, now that I'm with you, I, you're, you're like, uh, life should be good. And now we have nothing to fear together. Isn't this good? That's what we want Jesus to say. Jesus is saying, no, you don't need to fear, not because there isn't something to be afraid of. There's actually quite a bit to be afraid of in life. But what, I'm say, what he's saying is don't be, like, fear, fear the right things. He keeps going. He, says, he, he goes on. He says in verse 29, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And everybody in his audience is like, yeah. And, and we're like, sure. <laughs> I don't know, are two sp sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even, even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Maybe you've heard this verse before. If you grew up in church, you like like people may have told you as a kid. You, do you know that every one of your hairs like like is numbered? Like God's aware. Like like God. In other words, God is in the details. Those two sparrows that are you know worth a penny. They're they're, they're just you know like they seem insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Not one of those falls to the ground without the Father knowing it. And, and your hairs on your head, they're all numbered. So therefore, don't be afraid. You are worth much more than sparrows. You're worth more than many sparrows. Like, like don't, see, see, basically what his point is, your heavenly father has the final say. You, you, we don't need to be afraid. You don't fear, not because there isn't things to be afraid of. There are. Like, you should fear God. You, but the reason you don't have to be afraid is because your heavenly father has the final say. Your heavenly father has the final say. He's sovereign over this. And yes, in, in short, yes, bad things will happen to some good people. Some really bad things will happen. Some bad things will happen to you and to me. Jesus, Jesus like almost promised that. We'll get that here in a second. And you need not be afraid. 
You know, like, 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 yes, bad things will happen, and you don't need to be afraid of them. You, 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 not because you can explain them, not because you know how it's going to work out, but because you have a Father in heaven that knows the numbers of hairs on your head. And you don't have to be afraid. Your heavenly Father has the final say. Which is why Jesus is able to say, don't be afraid. Not because you're not going to face scary things. No, I'm actually, I want you to face scary things. I think it's God's design for us to face scary things in life. We just don't, we don't have to do them like, like um, what's the word? We don't have to do them paralyzed with fear. We don't have to freeze. We don't have to be like, I don't, I can't move. Jesus said this, this and this is, um, this is so good, in John 16, he said this, in this world you will have trouble. Make no mistake, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I want to back up and look at the context of that verse. I have told you these things. This is the same verse, but it's right before this. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I'm offering you peace. God's offering Jesus is saying you can have peace. In a scary world, you can have peace. In this world, I, it, 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 I got a level set with you. You're going to run into trouble. That's part of this world. But take heart. I love, I love the older translations of this verse. Jesus just says, lo. He's like, 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 in this world you have trouble, lo, I have overcome the world. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Okay, so Jesus, this is Jesus on fear. He said a lot of things about fear. Today, the, the passage that I want to camp on illustrates, it's not just him like talking and saying things, it it's illustrates why this is true. Um, and I'm so glad that, that the passage, of the event we're going to look at today made the cut in Scripture. In fact, not only did it make the cut in the, the New Testament and the Gospels, there's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It made it into three of the Gospels. And it was, a, um, it was like an illustration or a metaphor. I like try to use objects a lot <laughs> up, up on stage with me. Jesus had a whole suite of objects and illustrations because he was like super powerful, things that he could do metaphorically. So like one day, his disciples get into a boat and they're going across this, the Sea of Galilee, right? And it says this in, in Mark, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. I grew up, what's interesting about um, lakes is I grew up near Lake Michigan and actually, like, like some of the stories of the shipwrecks in Lake Michigan, um, even though it's like, like Lake Michigan's a, what, a fraction of one of the oceans, right? It's, it's not that big in comparison to the ocean. But in actuality, lakes like, big lakes like Lake Michigan or the Lake of, uh, Sea of Galilee, which was a lake in, in northern Israel, so, like, just something about the way the winds come up there's and I've, I've heard I've heard guys that know about sailing like in the, in the in the ocean you get waves like big swells that the boat can kind of ride, but in lakes uh, when the wind kicks up it gets like more rapid 
waves, and they're not that much smaller, like four, five, six feet, but they're hitting you pound, 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 and they can create. I, there was one time up with my dad, I was, um, I was in Kansas, and this lake in the middle of Kansas, this big lake, and this wind kicked up. It went from calm to like just this wind gale, and, and we tried to get back to shore, and um, the boat, we were in this 16-foot aluminum boat, and every time we hit a wave, it was like, I swear, it was crazy. The wind, we were going into the wind, and it was almost like I thought the wind was going to blow the boat back over itself. And I was like, uh, I, like, so I was like, Dad, I got this. And I went up to the bow of the boat, and I just rode it, like, on, on the front of the boat, like, as far forward as I could go. My 170 pounds did nothing, you know, to, to like, keep the bow down. So I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. We made it, obviously. But the, all that to say, lakes can be scary things when in, in these conditions. They can be terrifying, right? A, a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it nearly swamped. It was taking on water. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping. And this right here epitomizes for us, if you're a Christian, this is kind of like our biggest fear, isn't it? You know, like, like this, you know, some of you are like, yeah, this is my life. I'm in trouble and Jesus is sleeping. I, I'm in a storm, you know, like, like it might be a financial storm. It could be a, a health storm, a relational storm. She's not talking to me and won't call me back. What am I going to do? And I've cried out, I've prayed, I've tried. In fact, some, some of you, some of you, what's hard about this whole thing with the generosity and is that I, I'm, I'm like pleading with you, like, be generous. Like, I know it feels vulnerable. You're like, I have been generous. That's part of the problem is like, Josh, it's not like, oh, I just need to be generous with God. He's like, I, I feel like some of us have maybe feel like we've been generous with God for years and we're just stuck here. Like, Josh, you're talking about stepping out in faith and having him show up. He hasn't shown up. It feels like he's asleep at the wheel. And some of you, some of you, like, faith in general, all Jesus aside, just this idea of a good God in the world is like, yeah, I don't know about that. Because if there is a God, it seems like he's asleep at the wheel. You know, this is our biggest fear. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping. And here's the thing. This is why I'm so glad that this, this story was included, this event was included in the New Testament. Because it's almost like a little Easter egg for us 2,000 years later. For those of us who are questioning, is God with us? It says, it, it, it's, it's the people that, what we need to see here is the people that were closest to God. This is his disciples. This is the people he said, hey, come follow me. You can trust me. I'm with you. We're going to do great things together. Maybe you know, we know about some of those things, right? And they were not immune to Jesus sleeping. Not, not, in a, not in a figurative sense, in a literal sense, okay? Like, they're about to die, <laughs> and Jesus is literally asleep in the stern. And I, I, don't know about, I don't know why, but for some reason this week, that, that brought me a lot of comfort to know, hey, 
it's just it, like we're not the first ones to go through this. And, I, and when I read the New Testament, I know that Jesus is for his disciples. And is it possible that he's, he's for me even when it feels like he's sleeping right now? It's as if Jesus left this story in the New Testament like times three, three times. To say, it's okay. You're not alone. It's okay. You're not alone. I'm not asleep. Ultimately, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care? You know? Don't you care if we're going to drown? Like, 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 please. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet. Be still. And the waves were like, okay. <laughs> I would love to, like, I, I really hope there's reruns in heaven, like like a whole Nick at Night section in heaven where you get to go see all of the things. Like, I, I want to see this. Quiet. Be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. You ever been on a lake when it's just glass? Can you imagine what it would have been like to go from just furious glass. This part, this next part, is so good. His disciples, he said to his disciples, oh, actually, th not this part, I don't like this part. Why were you so afraid? And like, come on, man, what, are you kidding me? Do you still have no faith? It, like, like I, I feel bad for the disciples, because they're like, okay, Jesus, based on our past experience, like, people die in this lake, in situations like this. That's why we were afraid. The next part is what I, I really like. After all that, it wasn't like, high five, man, this is so cool. Jesus is awesome. Check this out, verse 41. They were terrified. So basically, from start to finish in this story, the, the disciples are terrified. <laughs> right? Because life with Jesus, because life with Jesus is not a life without fear. Hold on to that for a second. They were terrified and asked the, each other, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. <laughs> Who is this man? The answer is super. <laughs> this is a superman. And what's so cool about this is um, th this phrase, they were terrified, is really hard to translate from Greek. It basically, it, it, you could translate it, they feared a great fear. Or they feared a greater fear. Keep in mind, they're already terrified. They're already afraid because of they almost died. It's a near-death experience. And then, it, it, literally the phrase is like, they feared a great fear. Or they feared a greater fear. Because all of a sudden, what, be, prior to the, that happening, they were afraid of what was happening outside of the boat. And then all of a sudden, Jesus did something that terrified him about was in, who was inside the boat. Who is this guy? Even the wind and the waves. Yeah, it's cool. We've watched him, like, heal some people. The, the whole leprosy thing kind of goes away when he's around. Like, but, but this, like, for me at least, I don't know. Who knows what the disciples thought. But this had to be next level. The wind 
and the waves, nature itself he commands, and they were terrified by Jesus. And, and, and here's, the, here's the thing, and here's this, this is the opportunity that you and I have in reflection of this passage today and in the next few minutes. You and I have an opportunity and a chance in the midst of facing the what's, like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if this will pan out. What if, what if, what if, right? While we're facing the what's, the, in the midst of the what's of, of our life in this moment, there is a who that's saying, look at me. There is Jesus who's saying, yeah, I know you're afraid, but look at me. I'm the one who created the universe, and I'm with you. Does that change anything? I'm, I'm the one that commands the wind and the waves. I'm the one that crafted you in your mother's womb. I knew you before you were even born, and I'm with you. So don't be afraid. You see why he can so boldly say, fear not. And Christy and I were talking about this last night. Um, basically, here's, here's the big idea. When your faith in someone exceeds your fear of something, fear loses its grip. So, so you're facing your fears, but when, when your faith in someone else and their, their trustworthiness exceeds those fears that you're facing, the fears, they don't go away. You don't become fearless. It's like, no, I don't even think about that anymore. No, they're still there, but they, they lose their grip. They fade and they wane. They fall away in comparison to the person of Jesus Christ, the person who says, no, I am with you, and therefore let's do this. But Jesus, I don't know how it's going to pan out. I don't know how this is going to play. And Jesus is saying, I want you to take a step even though you're scared. I almost wrote this phrase, when our fear in someone else exceeds our fear of something, that fear loses its grip. Because they were terrified. And, and, and honestly, like, I feel like today, so, so I, can, I could take this direction one of two ways for, to end this sermon. We could talk about the what. And I, I, was, I, I was literally thinking about doing this all week, like, I want to talk about the what. I want them to know, like, have a really good grasp on what they want to do, what fear they want to face, and just, you know, like, say, God, we're going to do this together. And I, I, I scratched all that. You, you know what the what is. What I want us to do for the last couple minutes of our service today, I want us to focus on who. I want us to focus on the person of Jesus Christ. I want us to be, in a sense, in awe of him in wonder of him. This is the creator of the universe. We should not even be known by him. Like, 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 do you guys, do you guys, have you heard the new stuff that's coming out with in, in astronomy? That there's, like, like, suns like ours are really not that um, unique. There's a lot of them. And in fact, there's so many suns in this world, in this universe, if you took the grains of sand in this world, there's more of suns in the universe than there are grains of sand. I can't even fathom that. Why does God know the hair, number of hairs on your head? 
Why in the world would he concern himself with something like that unless he loved us? And if that's true, so you, we've got our what ifs, like what if he won't call? What if, what if they treat me different? What if we don't have enough money? What if I don't have any friends? What if we have all those things over here? But I want to end with a different set of what ifs. What if God is real? And what if, what if the creator of the universe knows how many hairs are on your head because he cares about you so much? Just let this wash over you. Just think about this. Stand in awe and wonder of what I'm saying right now. What if, what if not only like God cares about this puny little speck in the universe called earth, but he cares about you. And he, doesn't, he cares about you to the point where he doesn't want you to live in fear. He wants to come alongside you and say, child, fear not. But let's do this together. And what if, what if he loves us so much that he, didn't just, he just doesn't just clear things out of the way and make life gravy and make life great, but he's like, no, I want to give them a chance to be generous with what I've given them and trust me and step out in vulnerability so that I can prove myself trustworthy. What if he wants to create an amazing story with you? And what if you don't? There's another what if. What if, what if you and I don't? What if you and I just kind of like, yeah, maybe we come to church and sing the songs, yay, and give some of our money every once in a while, but we, what if we never live generously towards God? What, what might happen at the end of our life, which, by the way, we don't know when's going to come, Jake the drummer, but what if we get to our end of our life and we didn't? try this. And we didn't even give God time and attention to see if, like, if this stuff is really real. What if we don't? I, I, I have a, I fear a great fear about that. Yeah, life is terrifying. Yes, there's so much unknown in life, but there's a, there's a greater fear out there, and I think it's a life lived with no faith. A life lived at the, you know, it comes to the end and, and you're like, that's it? And so in the last few minutes, I want us to, to, to focus not on the what, I want us to focus on who. And I think we just have one song, yeah? And we're not going to sing it, we're not going to stand, I just want you to listen to it. And I want us to reflect uh, on him. I want us to be in wonder and in awe of him. I want us to be overwhelmed, uh, almost undone by him. And let that walk out with us today and face what we need to face. Hear that song.